Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg Smalley. And Greg, um, we're friends, right? Well, I thought we were best friends, but friends Well, I've never considered you my BFF or whatever (laughs) the kids say these days. We are friends. If I let you down, let's say I I forgot that we had lunch scheduled for tomorrow. (laughs) I I think I know you well enough. You'd say, that's okay. You know, let's, let's reschedule. If my wife forgot that I had lunch with her tomorrow, you know, if, if I show up and she's not there, um, I'm going to be pretty upset. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah, I think it's really simple. The best analogy picture is think of, John, you and I are, as friends, are in separate canoes out on a lake. So if we're scheduling lunch, we're going to canoe over, paddle over to one another yeah. and if you do anything that doesn't feel safe to me, if you start splashing me or shaking my canoe, simply I just push away from you. I can paddle away from you. When I'm married, my wife and I, Aaron, we're in the same canoe. As friends, you and I are in separate canoes. Aaron and I are in the same canoe. So when she moves, when she shifts her weight, when she does anything, see, I feel that, and that's a threat. It's a bigger deal to right. you. I can't push away from her because we're always in the same canoe. I like that canoe analogy. And Dr. Larry Crabb, uh, someone who has written and spoken uh, about marriage and relationships for so many years, uh, he has such a great way of describing that kind of oneness. Let's go ahead and listen to him as he talks to Jim Daly. In a Christian context, and that's what... I want to talk about it. Psychology only goes so far, and I want to make sure that the listeners hear this because sometimes people feel that we can lean too far into psychology. It gives a vocabulary, it trains people mm-hmm. to better understand the human behavior that we experience that I think is God engineered. Mm-hmm. So, psychology, in my mind, is pursuing uh, not so much Freud or those other folks. It's discovering God's um, work in us as human beings. Uh, You mentioned this in the book, too. You talk about this distinction that psychology is not going to be the answer. Doing endless counseling is not going to be the answer. You need a spiritual touch. You need God to enter into the picture. Psychology doesn't explain what's most deeply wrong in the human soul. And psychology doesn't give answers, solutions, to what's most deeply wrong in the human soul. My training in psychology, five years of grad school, getting a PhD in clinical psych, It was more catalytic than authoritative, to use two big fancy words. It provoked good thinking, but it helped me realize that the answers that I was seeking in my marriage and my life and my own soul weren't found in psychological theory, but it was very provocative. It made me think hard, and I'm very grateful for my training. Mm. But it led me to... um, I've got to find the real answers that only God provides. Mm. Now, let me go back to the being for your spouse. Why is that so difficult for us, including Christians? Mm. Why do we struggle to sit across the dinner table from our spouse because they did something that irritated us or they said something with a little uh, zip in it and it hurt our feelings? Why do we as couples go through that, especially when we know the way? Yeah. It's rather difficult for the way to get deeply embedded in our souls. That takes a bit of a lifetime. And I would never say to anybody that we've arrived, but I would say we're in the process of arriving. We're moving. we got a pretty good marriage. We, so you've moved down the miles uh, a bit. <laughs> We've moved down the miles and done pretty well with it. We're very grateful for that. But I really do believe that, and this is something that psychology never teaches, that from the point of conception, you know, David said, in sin did my mother conceive me. What's he saying there? 
He's not saying that it was wrong for mom and dad to uh, procreate. What he's saying is at the moment of conception, there was a failure, a flaw. Mm. There's a flaw in the human soul, and the flaw is I'm out for me, and you jolly well better cooperate. That's just a natural disposition of the human soul, and then that gets shaped by our early environment. And then it continues on into marriage. And when I'm sitting at the breakfast table and my wife makes a comment that irritates me a little bit, I feel very wrongly attacked and I feel very justified in my reaction. And then I live to protect myself and I live to enhance my own good feelings as opposed to thinking about the value of my wife and what I can do for her. Other-centeredness does not come naturally. It only comes supernaturally. Mm. Let me ask this question, Uh, and I've done this from time to time with marriage experts. What are we truly seeking in marriage? What is it that we either should be seeking or that at our core we're really seeking? You know, as a as a Christian who's been a Christian now for 61 years and who's thought long and hard and still have a lot more thinking to do, what are we here for in the first place? Mm. You know, if the Lord says, and he does say it many times throughout the scriptures, that he does all things for his glory— that can become a trite cliche, and it's anything but. And I rather think that what, in the core of our souls, what we're seeking for, and don't often get in touch with the real desire, what we're really seeking for, and let me put it in a way that means a lot to me, I want to put Christ on display by the way I relate. Mm. And the way Jesus related, when he had nails in his hands, he was taking care of his mother. When he had nails in his hands, he was inviting the thief on the one side of the cross to join him in heaven a little while. When he had nails in his hands, he was saying, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Now, what does it mean for me? I've never had nails in my hands, but when I get poked by somebody or when I hurt my wife or she hurts me and things are tough in my own soul, do I have the resources at the moment of my deepest hurt? Do I have the resources to put Christ on display at that moment? Mm. And when I think like that, my wife is in for a good time. Mm -hmm. You know, you're saying something that I want to emphasize, uh, this well of God's grace. How yes. do we tap that? Absolutely. And then how do we apply it to those we love the most, those closest around us? So often uh, we treat those closest to us, and obviously your spouse should be the closest person to you, with the least amount of grace. Yes. And we treat strangers with great grace. Mm. Why? Because strangers, from strangers, we're asking very little. Mm. We don't require a stranger to touch our souls. We're willing to be congenial. And if they don't touch our souls, no big deal. We'll go to the next friend. But with our spouse, the reason we get married way down deep, and this is wrong, is we're demanding that our spouse meet our needs. And when our spouse doesn't, then we get really, really ticked. And we don't show grace. But we can show grace to somebody else where less is at stake in how they treat us. I really appreciate Dr. Larry Crabb, and having grace for someone else, especially our spouse, is really easier said than done sometimes. Uh, Greg, how can we really start to develop that grace toward our spouse? It has to start with a, a complete awareness of what God has done for me. I don't think there's a way that I can really give my wife grace if I don't so fully understand, wow, look what God did for me. He sent his son. He didn't need to. For me, he sent his son to die on a mm-hmm. painful cross so that I could be reunited with God. That's amazing. And I think to pause there 
and and to always be aware of that. Look what God did for me. Therefore, whatever Aaron might do. Now, she can do simple things that will hurt me on up to very painful kinds of things. Maybe that, that I felt betrayed or w- whatever. Whatever happens, I have to keep in mind that look what God has done for me. Look at the grace he's given to me. I want to do that for her. Now, the bigger issue is going to require us to go through counseling and all those kinds of things. But I believe if we start from a place of, you know, God, I didn't deserve anything that you gave me. And look what you did for me. Why can't I forgive my wife? Why can't I give my wife grace? I think from that mindset, then it's much easier to remember that, one, I'm married to a human (laughs) who's flawed. Yeah who's going to make mistakes. She's not perfect. Inevitably, she's going to do stuff that frustrate me, hurt me, wound me. And you you have to expect that. I don't like it. I'm not saying, hey, we've got to get used to being hurt. But at least I know that my wife is a human being. And therefore, I'm going to do for her what God has done for me. I think in those moments when I'm really frustrated, really hurt, you know, Aaron's done something that to, to ask God to see her through his eyes, now I'm stubborn. I mean, I, I I like to pout and I like to that righteous indignation of going, she hurt me, and to let her know that. But but I think grace is seeing my wife through God's eyes. Mm. When he looks at her, what does he see? There's a way in which that, that softens me. You know, I love the story about Gideon where the angel looked at Gideon in the Bible and called him a mighty warrior. Yeah, that's right, the beginning of his story. I don't think he had done any mighty warrioring at all. No, he was cowering up in the mountains, and this angel called out what was true. So asking God, what's true Mm. about my wife in this moment, although she's showing up in a way that I can't stand? Well, actually, who is she really? What's the mighty warrior God that you see? Uh, Mm. Give me that mindset. And I think, John, honestly, on a really practical level, that's been probably one of the best things I've learned to do is to see my wife for who she's been over 26 years versus who she is in that moment and how she's showing up. Because if I focus on in the moment stuff, it's easy to get lost and irritated and in conflict. But if I'm not saying we excuse the behavior. I'm just saying, God, who has she been for 26 years? Oh, yeah. This is... This is who Aaron is. That's not you. Aaron, that's not you. What's going on? I mean, that's how it's, that's how grace has helped make a difference in my own marriage. I appreciate that. And I, I would only add to those excellent suggestions. Um, for me, one thing I do that helps me remember how I need to have a posture of grace toward Dina is to simply look into the mirror. <laughs> because well, I didn't want she, to say that. Well, she's a human who sins. I am too, and I know yeah. I do a lot of things to hurt her and to to that could be divisive. Yeah. And and she is accepting and gracious. Listen, we want to help you have a strong, wonderful marriage, one in which it's safe to share with each other. You serve each other. You show grace to each other, and people look at you and say, "Wow, they have something special." And uh, one way we can do that is certainly through these podcasts and all the other resources we have here at Focus. Our featured resource today would be Dr. Crabb's book, The Marriage Builder. Uh, It's a book I read 30-some years ago. I commend it to you. It is a terrific book. We'll send a complimentary copy to you when you make a donation of any amount to the work of Focus on the Family, and you'll find details on how to do that in the show notes. 
And please, if you're getting some good stuff out of these podcasts, leave a review. That really helps others know the kind of content that is uh, making a difference in your life. And let some other people know. Tell a friend, won't you? Now, next time, we're going to be talking about requesting honesty from your spouse so you can serve them better. Uh, I hope that'll grab you and pull you back next time. I'm John Fuller, and for now, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage podcast. 